This podcast is brought to you by Big Heads Media. For more great podcasts, go to bigheadsmedia.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pints and Politics UK. And I say UK, Adam, because it turns out other people have thought of this ingenious name for a podcast as well. But they're all I in America. Know. I know, I know. But they're all in America. Yeah, most of them. I don't know, I haven't really checked. Uh, yeah, sort of let, let's just, news alert, guys. Yeah. You live in the US, not the yeah. UK. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, we live in the UK and you might we live in America. Indeed. Our partners live in America. Uh, Mark might sound a bit different at the start of this uh, episode, almost as if I've impersonated him because the audio wavelengths are out of sync with the rest of the audio. But maybe, <laughs> or maybe he just does a really good impression of me doing an impression of him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I thought whatever that was, impression or not, excellent stuff, Johnny. Fantastic. Can I give it to you? Fantastic. You can have Great. that from me. There we go. Anyway, it's been it's been a crazy week actually. But well. Been a crazy week, Adam. In his in his new role, me trying to find a new role in terms of employment, <laughs> and, um, and in the employment world, employment during the pandemic. We should do a segment on that <laughs> during the pandemic. It's about as about as upbeat as the starting topic for our big topic in this parts of politics episode too. And on a serious note, it's probably the most depressing figure of 2021. Yeah. So the I UK mean, yeah. recorded 100,000 deaths this week. Which is shocking, tragic. It's shocking, and it's disgraceful. There's, um, you know, I can only imagine what those families are going through. Yeah, and you know what's what's bizarre, Adam, is how much it changes in the space of a few days. Because we were due to do this uh, podcast a few days before, and then Adam, I forgot that Adam's laptop's a laptop that only works on the weekdays, so it wasn't. It does for some bizarre (laughs) reason. I don't don't even ask you why. Apart from that one Sunday night where it didn't do, didn't go too badly. But anyway, when we were about to record that, the big topic, big headline we're really looking at is that Britain had vaccinated more of their population than anyone in the world. And Which sounds very impressive, if I can just does. say. Very impressive at the time. But if you just continue. Yeah. But if you just continue, we've slowly crept up. I say slowly. It doesn't seem that long ago we were at 50, 60,000. It's astronomically leapt up. In many I ways, think exponential thing. is more of a suitable word these days, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, well, I, it, it's horrible, like you say, Adam. And also, when you do look into that vaccination idea, it is because the UK have gone slightly against the medical advice given out for vaccines, in the sense that they have given out the first vaccine without having control of the second vaccine. They've asked patients who's got the first vaccine to wait several more weeks than is recommended by the medical experts who believe it should be taken within two to three weeks of the first vaccine. Britain's going with the idea it's eight to nine or more. Twelve, I think, is the most, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, twelve. So, yeah. Americans, I think you're all probably empathising with this uh, logic our government has taken. Uh, 
with a with a, with a sad administration that you've lived under. But um, <coughs> you know, not listening to scientific advice. You know, I was only reading on the Liverpool tab this week. Yeah. Of a uh, tragic, a twenty-five-year-old teacher, primary school teacher, who had no underlying health conditions, and she was taken. And I feel that 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 sim it, it, it's like a symbol of how the government has failed. You know, healthy young people are being taken by this virus, mm. and yet they seem to still feel justified, even after a hundred thousand recorded deaths. To feel that oh it's still okay to just roll the second dose out I don't know three months after giving the first one because we can do first more first doses yeah surely it makes yeah. more logical sense mm. to get a batch of people done first and second yeah and then moving on to another batch and doing it that way uh, well, I don't know yeah. I'm, I I am no scientist but from what I've read that scientists have written yeah one to six what was it. Four to six weeks yeah, after the yeah. first dosage should be the way it's done. Well, less, less, I think, is what, less, is what they yeah. said. I think it was more three to four, two to three, what I read. But again, the point is a lot less than what the UK government are planning with their with their rollout programme. Now, I'm trying, I'm sitting in the middle of this seesaw and I've got my own views. You have yours probably very similar, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want, we don't want to come across as the people who are going, you know, the government bashes of, you know that we've got the best. We've got the best figures for uh, vaccinations in the world. We should be uh, hailing this. You know, to a point, it's good that the government have been quick with the rollout in the first place. That when they got hold of the vaccines, they started rolling them out in that kind of way. It is, and we should applaud the speed in that because, as you know, as this total of deaths shows. It's not been that quick in some other in some other areas, particularly with the first lockdown, and so on. So. In a way, we have to have a bit of, we have to applaud a little bit for the fact they want to get these vaccines out and they want to get them out as quickly as possible. But like you said, Adam, it's almost like, it's symptomatic again. We talked about this in the last episode, a bit of that British exceptionalism. Why is everyone else taking the time with the vaccines? Well, so they can get people More vaccinated. People. In the, yeah, right. Yeah. And so I completely agree with what you're saying, Johnny were great with the speed you know you know but we're, we're great with the haste oh but the speed is what i'm trying to say is less haste more speed isn't it like we're just trying to plow through all these people as much as we can to get as many vaccines out but i, I shouldn't have used those words I think. but yeah, you know okay. yeah but I don't know. I, I, I'm, Adam, I'm very frustrated because I, I appreciate what the government's doing. I yeah. appreciate what the target here. The target is to get as many first doses out as possible, yeah. which gives a certain level of immunity to yes. the entire population, Yes, which makes sense. I yes. understand. But mm. what is the purpose of doing that unless we're only half safe, unless we're safe from the very start? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what the cynic in me says? And this, is, this isn't me saying this is definitive, but the cynic in me thinks... This is a government that likes to have gestures and an outward out look to look outwardly quite good in certain respects. And when you look at the statistics, you see Britain's top of the of the vaccination chart across the world. You think, wow, what a monumental yeah. effort from Britain. And it's almost as if, well, if the more we, vaccines we get out, the more we can say 
I wouldn't say alternative facts, but I'd say a different spin on the news. You could say, well, we've got the most, we've vaccinated more of our population than any of the world, than any other country in the world. And that's an easy, that's an easy narrative to go with, isn't it? It's a very easy narrative to go with. And it's uh, even better narrative to go with if you want to ignore the rest of the facts. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is, yeah. you know, uh, um, obviously, I, uh, obviously, for anyone listening, it's probably seeing how Johnny is trying to be the, uh, the middle ground here of trying to defend the neutral as much as possible. But I'm, I suppose I'm practicing I'm that neutrality for future employment purposes, Adam. You know, I can't always, yeah. be, but, can't always be John, but John Hopkins, University of Medicine, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. directly reading now off the mortality analysis. Yeah. You know, per, what was it? If I just read out, for the 20 countries currently most affected by COVID-19 worldwide, the bars in the chart below show the number of deaths either per 100 confirmed cases or per 100,000 population. Yeah. Now, we fall in Great Britain sixth in the world. Now, mask that with we're the top of the chart when it puts out the vaccines, then I, I don't know, Johnny. I, I struggle with this uh, remaining neutral on this one, especially with the tragedy of deaths and the people that shouldn't have died who have died because of previous incompetence. I mean, that's that 100,000, I think. We've talked about the vaccine. We've intertwined that in. That was actually one of our other news stories, really, and we don't really need to touch on it now because you've got the narrative. But I think that it's an accumulation from the very start of being too late on decisions, showing a bit of naivety to the scale of this virus, from the first when it first came in, into the news, all the way from from that time in January 2020, uh, 2020 when it came released in Canada, Canada, China, sorry Canadians, all the way through that year, we've shown time and time again this government has shown an ineptitude at dealing with a really serious issue. And I try, like I say, I try to stay neutral because, as you say, other people have different views, and I always say that no government has been faultless during this pandemic. I don't even care. Even New Zealand, as amazing as they've been, they will have made one or two small errors along the way. They're bound to have done. It's affected everyone and it's attacked everyone. But there has been some problems that are quite clear in Britain that other countries have, have dealt with this virus in a more appropriate way, as measured by the, the le- level of deaths, which is much lower than the level of deaths in Britain. Exactly. So, what's yeah. next on the agenda now that yeah. we've got the world to write on that topic? <laughs> it's not. I mean, we 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 laugh almost embarrassingly, or ups- oh, or, of or embarrassingly with emotion because it, it's this isn't a laugh, haha. This is funny. This is a laugh at what have we? This is a laugh of despair. Yeah, yeah, it is a it's laugh, a laugh of at despair. Because yeah. when you look at a country like New Zealand, yeah, and the way it's been governed, and yes, I'm not saying any. I completely agree. No government is faultless in this uh, throughout this pandemic. Mm. However, what I what we've observed in Australia, New Zealand, is they've learned as they've gone along, but and they've learned from the mistakes and they've practiced, you know, the solutions to prevent f- that mistake being replicated or repeated yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
we're not learning. No, this country, and, we're and not just, learning. And, and just before we do go on to the to the to the other uh, topics that, that have been noted, yeah. no, we, we need to move on, don't we? Yeah, we do. But I, I do. I just want to just want to add the news coverage of the hundred thousand deaths was very contrasting with a lot of the media, generally considered quite right wing, running with uh, Boris Johnson saying "I'm sorry" on the front page, almost uh, taking sympathy with the leader who is who has taken charge of this pandemic, and, uh, as though to say. You know, he feels your pain. He's upset. He's it, it, it couldn't it, he couldn't do anything to stop it. And then there was an interesting one by the I newspaper, I think, which I think just had the number one hundred thousand, and then a small number of squares covering the two pages or something to illustrate the 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 magnitude of it. And there was yeah. no sympathy aimed at the leader. And to be honest, as much as as much as I think it's fair to have different views on different stories, I do. I'd, I I was a bit surprised with how many went with. Well, I wasn't surprised. But it's not it's not one for the prime minister. It's what it, it isn't, is it? It's yeah. not one. To, it, it, yeah. it should be talking about 100,000 people. You shouldn't be showing sympathy for the prime minister. You should be showing for the the, the victims, families. You know, yeah. you should be yeah. sympathizing with them. Yeah. You know, and you should be sh- holding the government accountable. I don't know. I think it's very firm when I fall on this side of the argument and at risk of going too far to one direction i think we should move on yeah i mean there was yeah. some yeah absolutely another another notable news and this is, this is stretching back to last week as well because we're slightly later down the line in when this is released uh i thought i found it staggering actually to note that pretty patel wanted to shut the borders in march and much maligned pretty patel by the way the home secretary well that was the, i that think was the decision i, think, I that know was the decision I think, needed to be taken i know i know but those who don't know who pretty patel is am i right in saying she's she the, home secretary yeah home she's sec- the home secretary yeah. yeah um she is notably a anti-immigration she is. policy advising individual who um, being born to immigrant parents must be said i know and yeah. what the main for any for the americans listening today um the main irony about pretty patel is that she is what first generation British, right? That's what she says she is. That's what she counts herself as. Yeah. And she's posing laws and policies that would have prevented her own parents from coming to this country. That's true. X amount of years ago, whatever was it, 40, 50 years ago, which would have prevented her own birth in this country. So go on, Johnny. Sorry. But, but. Surely in this situation, and I completely agree with you, I'm not Pretty Patel's biggest fan, but as, uh, for similar reasons to you, but in this situation, when she says close the borders in March because there's a virus going around the world, you can't say that she's wrong in this instance. No, <laughs> but if she's saying let's close the borders because there's a virus, then yes, agree. Yes, yes, yes. However, if you're saying, oh, there's a virus... That, and we can use this as an excuse to close the borders. I then don't. I'm just saying uh, her right. track record doesn't prove squeaky clean to not have these, you know, hypothetical thoughts about her motivations. But mm. in the context of the pandemic, back in March, yes, her call was the right one to do. The borders should have been closed in March. I agree with that narrative, but only that narrative. I want to make her, that very clear. <laughs> her record isn't very pretty, is it, Adam? Uh, <laughs> no, record, no, 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 pretty. Pretty, <laughs> very pretty. Patel. <good. laughs> no. that was Patel. the pun. Okay, so <laughs> just another thing that I note, actually, uh, it's quite a recent one as well. 
We criticise the government, like, quite a lot. I think understandably so. Most of this pun, um, podcast is us uh, criticising the government. No, most of this podcast, me trying to stay neutral <laughs> and give the government a little bit of credit while secretly agreeing with Adam on the other side. But I'm trying to cover all bases. I'm trying to stick I know, myself I in the centre. I need to make more of an effort. I am aware I need to make more do, of an effort. You do. Yeah. It's okay. So, no, it's fine. Don't worry. People want to hear views. People don't want to hear robots. And uh, what, what, we, We're all easy to, to go in on the government, but... We saw Heathrow Airport. Now, this is the government's fault for not actually... We, we talked on the last episode about the government closing the borders, which is what many newspapers ran with. They mentioned closing the borders, ended up going closing the borders from Brazil and leaving the rest half of the other world open to, to coming in and, and leaving. So it wasn't quite as, as good as it should have been. It, it seemed like Britain really should have shut itself off, but it didn't still, only from Brazil and certain other countries. Now... That's meant that people can still leave Britain. And recently we saw Heathrow Airport completely packed full of British people wanting to leave the country, assuming that they're coming back at some point because they want a holiday amid the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, yeah. we don't help ourselves, do we? It's bad. It's we bad. really it's bad. It's bad. don't. Now, you Americans will all know about influences and their lifestyles and the way they live their lives yes. now the reason i'm bringing this up johnny is um for any love island uk fans you will be aware of a certain dr alex now dr alex has been actually working the front lines uh, i'll get to the point johnny i am on topic don't worry um dr alex has been working the front lines in london hospitals um for throughout the whole pandemic he is an influencer, and yes, he was on the violence. And you know, he's a very handsome dude. You know, he, he he's a, I have quite a lot of respect for him. But he worked through this whole um, pandemic. Now, my point being here, Johnny, is that there's been a massive movement I've seen on Instagram and Twitter, where during the summer and over the coming point months, as you know, recent as I should think, January, December, November, where you could legally travel to the uae you know um mm. and other places you know dubai for mm. a nice yeah. for the nice weather a nice holiday now there's been a significant number i can't quote figures i don't want to quote figures just in case i find myself in causing misinformation however i uh, i do know for a fact that there has been many influences flying over to dublin uh not dublin dubai <laughs> Uh, not Dublin, going to Dublin. Oh, no. Dubai, yeah. Um, is and simply been going there because rules will be different, or they will have more ability to relax, move about, simply because they've got the luxury to do so. Now, this has been quite a stirred-up topic in British culture because mm. if those borders were properly, properly shut super rich influences would not be able to leave the country. No. And more generally, there wouldn't be movement between countries full stop. I'm not yeah. saying this is exclusive to the super rich and influences, but I'm just using the influences as one example of how the virus is still being able to travel in and out of the country. Yeah. So, sorry, we're not, I think I did manage to no, did. steer the tangent. Yeah, steer the tangent and steer it back a little bit. No, it's not yeah. too bad. And that sort of rounds off our, our, our stories that were well closely aligned actually to the uh, to the main story all coronavirus related and now i think it's time for a little bit of a divergence into uh, british culture feature and this is two terms adam that i've just i've just 
I've changed them slightly because I think these are quite apt, always All apt. Right. Uh, the two okay, terms okay. we're going with are gammon and lefty loon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. right. Gammon and lefty loon. Yeah. Yeah. So would you like to start us off with any of that? I will start off with gammon. Yeah. Now, should I read off what the urban dictionary has to say? I think you can read is? off what your own urban dictionary says. Which is your mind. <laughs> My mind. Okay, yeah. fair enough. This is yeah. from the Adam brain. Now, yeah. a gammon is a term that's been... You know, can um, I just say as well, Adam, people from the UK, I've explained this too, because they didn't know. People, it's not... No, no. It seems, it seems to be more in university circles, I think. Because some of yes, the people from I home think it is. didn't I think recognize it is. the term. <laughs> no, no. I call it. Yeah, this is no official term. This hasn't really... This is not in the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's not in the um, Oxford English Dictionary. No. Um, but gammon is a term that is directed at generally right-wing individuals in the UK who seem to replicate um, the meat joint of being, you know, salty ham gammon. Who I don't they like gammon. It's chewy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the 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 meat or the joint of gammon or in America, you guys have roasted ham. It's the same thing um, mm. is an analogy of a right wing voter in the UK. Yeah. So these right wing voters generally to be of the rounder sort physically, who seem to be red faced a lot of the time, who um, due to high blood pressure and anger and um, <laughs> who are generally salty in their attitude in the diet, in their beliefs, in their general demeanour, I suppose. Mm, mm. This is the sort of stereotype that it's been. Is there anything you really want to mend? Or well, yeah, I mean, the, the stereotype you pretty much nailed. I think just to just to deviate from that slightly, it doesn't mean you have to be rounded or red faced. But it, it to me, it seems more a gammon would be someone who I think angry is very good. Angry without reason. Angry and yeah, angry without reason. Somebody who gets extremely annoyed with a news headline but refuses to read the news story yes you know what I mean? great 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 uh, great great example yeah uh, yeah so, somebody who um would rather a conspiracy theory than science or fact I yeah. Think yeah 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 that 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 sort of realm now we're not saying these are bad people and we're not saying that the people that aren't to be listened to or don't have a legitimate voice yeah. But they are certainly a stereotype which is developed yeah. in the UK predominantly since Brexit, if I'm yes. right saying that. Yeah, I yeah. would agree with that. I mean, just to, uh, the reason why I put the lefty loon in as a, as, a, as a side one was so we balance this out a little bit. I've got plenty to say about lefty loons, or what yeah. do they call them? Uh, well, snowflakes? Um... Maybe, maybe. I mean, snowflake was such a term. Universally... In America, don't they call it anti Antifa? I mean, Antifa's, Antifa's, Antifa's sort of anti-fascist, I mean, in, in that principle, is, is is a group what you would support. But then when you look at it, they cause a lot of trouble, I think, in certain respects. And that's, anyway, that's the line. Before we get to that, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll stick to the gammon for now anyway. But um, yeah. what yeah. did you want to say about the gammon? I didn't. I was just... <laughs> I oh, right. Sorry back. about 
I was trying to balance out the argument between, you know, because people will say, ah, you're anti-right. And then we say, well, no, we can balance it out. No, so not you're necessarily. Right. You're right, Adam, that... to a point. Snowflakes is one that's used. But I think snowflakes was used a bit universally. Like, you could literally say anything that made sense and a, a gammon might call you a snowflake and vice versa. <laughs> vice exactly. versa, a snowflake, a gammon f- might say something. A man might say something like, oh, I want England to win the World Cup. And you might call him a gammon. That's not really a gammon. It's just someone who's no. patriotic. But I'd argue as well that snowflake has been utilised by both sides here, yeah, isn't exactly, it? The yeah. left yeah, and yeah, the right. Yeah. yeah. Left's called uh, left. Lefties called gammons. Snowflakes because they're not willing to listen to more liberal or yeah. Yeah. wider or more wider viewed sort of yeah. beliefs. Yeah. Uh, where a right wing would call a lefty a gammon because they get super sensitive over every little comment joke or stereotype made that's pretty, pretty much, much isn't it pretty much yeah i mean the loony left just to summarize this this little this little um, segment is really the i think the loony left generally are less dangerous than the what what the right would like to call the righteous right which isn't necessarily true but i think the loony, i was trying to think of another word beginning with r that's the first one that came to my head probably yeah. that's what they call themselves <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty accurate man with the loony left though i think there is this sense of there is this sense, and I would agree, of not being able to have, and this is before we get to the, the far left argument, but with the, the loony left that's just a bit right of the far left, I'm thinking, can't have much fun, everything's an insult, you know, there's, there's little time for progressive chat. They like to champion progressiveness, but they can't have a debate about some progressive yes. elements. So, so I think loony lefts are famous for, if you were to discuss, say, say they say, pronouns shouldn't exist say that is a right-wing argument pronouns shouldn't exist now a lefty would turn around you know a loony lefty that sort of stereotype would turn around and shout no you are wrong i am right end of discussion yeah you know everyone should be able to have whatever pronoun they want now now that i've just said that out loud (laughs) that sounds pretty reasonable so i need to find a way of saying that in a less I think it's more of how dare you not believe that pronouns exist. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of the... Now, yeah. what I want to make sure is loony lefties are very much people who are willing intentions. to take you... Good intentions. Yeah. Well, yes, but they also have the intentions of always bringing people down who are saying something wrong. Yeah, uh, uh, we came across plenty of these at university who have learned a little bit about a wider view, you know, learned a little bit more about different cultures and think that they are now sitting in an ivory tower and it's up to them to, you know, let anyone, whoever they want into that tower while shooting some down because they've been a little bit too right wing for their liking. Yeah, now, I think that kind of suits the loony left. I, I, I would say just on, I mean, I, I agree. There's this crazy on both sides. Hence why I brought up both words and both yes, words are used in, 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 in the UK quite prominently. But I think there's a little bit more good intention with the loony left than the right gammon. Yes. Because I, I, they, I, they I are making a debate yes. and bring to the future instead of just pandering to the past and just refusing anything. Exactly. Now I feel that is an excellent point, Johnny, because when it comes to loony left, um, as they like to be dubbed <laughs> uh, in this country, it's a term yeah. used by I don't know Nigel Farage. She's probably used yes. it at some point, yes. hasn't he? Oh yeah. Um, other BMP EDL sort of 
extremist right-wing groups. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, the Conservatives used it as rhetoric against Labour quite a lot, particularly when Jeremy Corbyn was in charge. Yeah, that is a very good point. Also, so yep. even as even as more general, you know, right wing as the Conservative Party, then it's being used. And and the, I can't remember where I was going with this. No, that's fine, Adam, because <laughs> I'm just going to summarise and, and finish this point. But I think the yeah, worst yeah, thing to course. come out of it is that you got Gannon and Looney Left, and the two of them, when they're bickering back and forth and back and forth, it becomes the a cheap way to, to win a debate. It becomes a cheap way to win a debate because all the Conservatives have had to say, maybe when, you know, to win an argument against Labour, for example, in the like I say, particularly with Corbyn, was loony left, Marxist, socialist, crazy and ruin the world. Yes. And then all all the uh, cons- all the uh, other side had to say to tackle there to tackle there was racist, horrible. They, they're just misogynistic, yeah, anti-trans, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I could just add one more point mm. is... If you're unable to have a political discussion without getting angry and, you know, peed off, mm. you probably fall on one of the two extremes. Yeah. In order to be comfortable in your political opinions, you should be able to discuss your political opinions with any other person in a civil fashion. And Absolutely. that is where you know that you've got your political opinions securely sound in your own point. If you're shouting somebody down, you're not discussing. So that is just something to keep in mind. I think. All right, Adam, politics... come on. We've all heard you now. We've all heard you. We've all heard you. You're talking rubbish, man. As a politics student, <laughs> <laughs> I have the right to tell you. No, but my point being, yes, discuss, don't shout. Discuss. All right, Sean Connery. Sorry, rest in peace, Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, but there was, a, there, was a, there, was a, there was a little bit of that there. Uh, yeah, so now we're just going, going on to a, a bit of a, a, a nice debate section away from the coronavirus, which ties in with that, really. And it's yes. it's, a, it's, a, it's a one which, we had to, which I felt we had to get in early because we mention it all the time, probably in every episode we ever do, to some point, which we, we even did just then, Brexit. And my big overriding yeah. point, it's a topic, actually, that I'm... I'm a little bit, I'm somewhat passionate about anyway, because I came from, well, I'm just going to say the big question, is Brexit the fault, was Brexit the fault of the establishment instead of, the, you know, necessarily just the people that voted in that way? And my, my yes. thinking is absolutely yes. And I'll tell you yes. just as a quick analogy, I come from a, well, you know, I'm a working class town, working class background, family didn't go to university, many people in my area didn't go to university. And generally the feeling there was, they felt a bit left behind, left out with the politi- political stratosphere. They, they, they felt like they had been ignored. And honestly, yes. they have, because the yeah. majority yeah. of the money goes into London and then a small fraction of the money then goes to the bigger cities like Manchester, Liverpool and, and so on. Well, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, so small. And then after that, there's very little left for the small towns and, and places like home, like my hometown. And... And that's even this, before you start bringing in Scotland, England, uh, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, because that's a yeah. whole different kettle of fish when it comes to that. But continue, sorry. Yeah, so essentially, inequalities was huge and still is huge across the UK. And when the Brexit referendum happened and David Cameron agreed to it, he did it with such an arrogance uh, that he expected to win. And I remember reading the, after, reading the aftermath of this. It, uh, Dominic Cummings, who I'm not... I wrote a piece on this. I'm not Dominic Cummings' biggest fan, but I can respect that he's. I don't think most of the British population are, to be honest. No, no, but there was a reason why he was Boris Johnson's right hand man because he's quite a clever chap, despite his misdemeanors in the um, in the in recent times, like with eyesight. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the thing (laughs) is, 
he he delivered well, a speech on why vote leave won, and he said David Cameron's main argument was to keep parrot keep throwing this, the importance of the single market out there and why it was important that we stay in the single market. And he said that. 99.9% of British, the British UK couldn't tell you a detailed pros and cons list of the, list of the British thing, of the single market, the European single market. A lot market. of people had never heard the term yeah. the single market yeah. in their lives. Prior so to while that. he did this, while, while David Cameron, champ, lead, probably the, I called him the leader because he was the prime minister at the time, the leader of the Remain campaign in many ways, while he championed this idea with George Osborne, believing it to, believing everyone to know about it because you know that Cummings also added with that he he understood that David Cameron and George Osborne had a good understanding of London and what they wanted, and they thought and Westminster, and they yes. thought that applied to the whole of Britain. Naively, it says a lot about this whole thing. Exactly. And if on I the just other do side, it, just... sorry, Adam, sorry, Adam, I was just no, going to say on the go, other go, side. Go, go on. I know I'm all waffling, but on the other side, Nigel Farage and Dominic, well, Dominic Cummings in particular, came up with the idea. Well, we've done all this data, got it in some mysterious way shall we say but they managed to collect a lot of data work very hard on the ground on using social media uh, exploiting social media in many ways to, to with certain algorithms to find out the needs and wants of the British people they were passionate about the NHS they were passionate about immigration they were passionate about um about leveling leveling up and, and getting and, and taking back control of Britain and they they played industries. on all of these. They played yeah. on all of this, and they did it in such a way. They they researched their target market, the UK as a whole. They worked out what they felt emotional about, and they used that to get the win that they needed. Whereas Cameron and Osborne sat there all the way through, just championing things that no one had really got much vested interest in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that was a major part, and just as a bit of a you know, as a tangent off what you said about London, mm -hmm. I think what a lot of people don't really understand about London, London's one of the financial capitals of the world. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most yeah. expensive cities to live in. Yeah. You know, you've got the New York stock market, the Sing uh, was it the Singapore stock market? Yeah. And then you've got, there's a few others, I can't remember now, but London stock market is obviously one of the biggest players. Now, with it, when it comes to London, it is a city of its own it's a metropolis it might as well be like singapore it might as well be a city state because you cannot apply the same rules to the rest of the uk as to what you do in london you know there's eight million people living in london there's about that covers i don't even think scotland has eight million people in it and mm. scotland is twice the side of england mm. and then you've got wales has three million people in it you know, it's got a third of the population and, and the same goes for Northern Ireland. So demographically, yeah. you've got these barriers. Never mind when that comes into economic development, you know, technological evolution and then bringing in the single market. You know, mm. I, I can guarantee there's some farmers up the hills around here that are excellent businessmen in their own right and excellent mm. farmers, but mm. they won't know what the single market is. No. You know, no. <laughs> like, no. And this, this was a major point that, like you said, the arrogance of Cameron at the time, it's completely missed. Yeah. London is not, it's like the house economy. It, it doesn't represent the same as what's going on outside yeah. of the, those borders. And that's another thing, Adam, when a lot of the people, and this annoys me a bit, some people at university do this as well, and some people at university came from more privileged backgrounds than me, and yeah. they said, oh, how can anyone vote leave? They must be idiots. Well, it, it's again looking at the world from a, from a, 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 closet, a very narrow, very narrow view. view. Yeah, yeah, because... 
I could tell you, like I said, my area was, I actually voted to remain. Whoop, whoop. No, I can't say that because, you know, some people voted leave and they're You're still happy with that. You're allowed to your own remaining. Yeah. You've lost anyway, so who cares? I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, but I know my area was 80% leave. Yeah. So uh, at the time it was it was cheered and, and, and adored by everyone locally, really, because they felt this was a new chance for them. Remember, these are people that aren't heard anyway. This is a, and to be honest, people who still cheer that result, they say, well, that was my chance where I gave a big middle finger to the establishment who don't listen to me. And you know what? Exactly. It's still being heard now, isn't it? Because it's still in our news. And I think a lot of individuals who did vote leave. Um, come from industries that were negatively affected by the European Union. Yeah. One of the biggest that has you know, been in the news constantly since Brexit happened was the fishing industry. And obviously, we spoke about this in the last podcast, and we did we? I can't remember now. Um, where, you know, Happy talking fish. about, yeah, trawlers from Spain. You know, I think Spain's been the predominant one, Spanish trawlers, French trawlers, yeah. uh, Dutch trawlers, Nordic trawlers, mm. all coming into British waters and doing fishing. And that was the European agreement. Then fair enough. Now, obviously, if fishermen have Mm. seen on news, some suits in London have Mm. gone and said, we're going to give you your water back and it'll just be you. They're going to see increased business, opportunity for growth, which comes with increased wages, increased wealth, you know, high standard of living you know it's, it's an easy concept when somebody waves you a higher paycheck in front of you you're gonna blink twice before you make a decision aren't you so oh you're not gonna you know what i mean I, i'm yeah, not i know what you mean i'm tired mean. yes it's all right it's all right it's all right, yeah. it's all right. but when you so when they waved these money oh yeah, well, that's what the tories did they waved checks in front of people when i say tories i mean it was ukip at the time the right wing yeah. or I say right wing predominantly because it was a lot of right wing campaign that yeah, led yeah, to the yeah, Brexit yeah, vote. Yeah. Sure. Who waved and these checks in front of people's noses yeah. and thought they've gone, yeah, I'll take it. And do you blame With a really high pitched voice as well when they took it. Yeah, like like this. But um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you, I'm yeah. There. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think that was a really good point. And uh, the point what I really tried to make from this is that even though Mm, myself and Adam and other people, I, 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 I probably won't sit on the fence too much with this. Look at it. I mean, we've said, I've said, if Brexit becomes a success, then I'm actually really happy because there's no time. Uh, while we're living in Britain, there's no point hoping for the worst with Brexit. You actually want your country to deliver because you're living in it and you want to feel the benefits of it. But me, you and others will look at it and sometimes just bury our head in the sand with every negative news story that comes out uh, with this whole situation. You really do. Yeah. Like, seriously, despair. At the same time, I have to add, this whole situation, and we'll, we'll have different debates on Brexit, they're a bit more narrowed down than this general overview. But what I'd like to say is that anyone who voted leave, like I was touching on before, people at university said, oh, they must be stupid of this and that and the other. And it is a very oh. narrow-minded view because at the time... They weren't I, stupid. Do you, know, when I, very, do you know, yeah. when I voted remain, I didn't have a clue. Was, I didn't have a clue. I was, uh, I was 18, just turned 18, didn't have a clue. I, I only voted remain because my teacher said, vote remain it'll do it leaves a bad idea and i thought well he's educated so i'll vote remain so honestly yeah it's it's literally a toss of a coin and surely we can shake our heads at the effects of brexit but people who voted for brexit i, I don't feel any bad blood towards them at all uh, yeah at all because i've seen so many statuses so many articles so many people saying i voted brexit and i am sorry 
Uh, you shouldn't have to apologise. And even if you're reviews. not sorry, even if you're not sorry, then you're entitled to your vote. And yeah, that's and, just the yeah, and that's is. democracy for you. And yeah. I think this is a very important point to raise. That yes, there were rumours of a second Brexit referendum yeah. simply because of the false information that was spread yeah. Yeah. with the leaving campaign. Yeah. One example being the three hundred and forty-five million pounds on the side of the and of the bus oh, that they were saved the NHS. Just, just wipe, just wipe your backside with them notes, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, what was it? Nigel Farage literally the next day after Brexit voted. Oh, we didn't actually mean that. So that is false information, and I'm sure for any American listener, you are probably fed up to the back teeth of false information. Fake on news. your own political, yeah, on your own political voice. He's, he's so, out, the Donaldster. Yeah, yeah, but what we accepted yeah. generally as the British yeah. population was the Brexit vote had happened. Yes, yeah. it was 50-50. It yeah. was the 50 I think it was 52 it, to 48. 52, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if something like that. 48 uh, remain, mm. 52 leave. Yeah. The Remainers... In majority, despite the whinging and the moaning and the unhappiness, mm. accepted the vote, and now we just hope for the best yeah. that the government can deliver. And I think this was something that we were quite disappointed with when yeah. we saw the capital rights, for example, because that was yeah. based off false information about false allegations that the yeah. vote was frauded, uh, fraudulent. I mean, yeah. To yeah, be fair, yeah. Adam, with Brexit, you, this was, like I said, very general. And in other episodes, we'll go into specifics of it. And that was quite general. You mentioned the buzz, and we'll talk about certain ways that that wasn't right in, in future episodes. But you brought, you did really nicely then. You brought us on a, and about fake news, which is a, is a nice little yeah, segue. It's a nice actually, segue onto, to go on, onto, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, it is. And, and it is, and not in, a, not in a good way. I mean, it's finally done now. President Trump's career is over. And in future episodes, hopefully... Is we'll it, though? About... Uh, is it, though? Well, yeah, OK, OK. Something okay. Over to talk about that. For yeah. now, for now. For now, but for now. In, in, in future, may, uh, I, I hope in future episodes on this little look at America, we'll be talking about Joe Biden. But I feel like it's appropriate to go back and look a little bit at Donald Trump's time. And I have to, I'm going to open with maybe a clickbaity question. Uh, for right, you. A little bit. Well, not too clickbaity, but I'm going to say, in what ways is Donald Trump's reputation not tarnished? In other words, what did he do well in his time as president of the United States? Because quite, I've got a, new, a newspaper from last week here. Um, and, Go on, <laughs> give me something to work with. And I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a few things to work with. And we're going to see if we can slightly pardon Mr. Trump as he right. leaves um, okay. his office. Let's see so, how many letters I can get. He can have a letter per... <laughs> For reason, okay. Okay, uh, that's, uh, that's the deal. All right. Right. Okay. I mean, the first one that stood out to me before I even read this, uh, which is has to be sort of applauded, as we go past back through previous American presidents, they've had wars over the world, and everyone said when Donald Trump came into power, he'd set off wars in the Middle East, might have a war with China, might have a war with North Korea, because you've got two leaders who are quite outspoken. And crazy. And in his whole time there, <laughs> he's not had a war. We've not had a, he's, America's not been at war with anyone. Now that's got to you be applauded a little bit. Do you know what's applauded, don't you? Go on. How people, other leaders, I don't think leaders could actually take him serious enough <laughs> to declare a war. <laughs> now, this has been something like, obviously... You're probably thinking, what? 
yo, say, argument's sake, we we have a Trump supporter listening to us now. And you're probably thinking, as a Trump I'm supporter... I'm trying to stick up for Donald here. <laughs> I know, no, that, 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 yeah, he didn't have a war. He pulled, he actually pulled troops out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. No. yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, he met um, Kim Jong-un in mm. North Korea. Yeah. Well, he, Rocket Man, as he called him. Rocket Man, as he called him. So, you know, <laughs> affectionately. Um, <laughs> and, um, honestly, and then you had situations like Emmanuel Macron, um, yeah. Boris Johnson. Um, oh, Justin Trudeau, wasn't it? Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Where they were having a nice little, uh, was it the UN or was it? Yeah, I think it was, was wasn't it? it? They were having was a, a, a bit UN of a laugh, conference? weren't they? Although, they, if you, it, they Boris was quick to taking... deny it, wasn't it? Boris, oh, was he? Even though oh, it was I, there, I didn't do anything. I didn't oh, do anything. No, 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 no,
he left the economy looking very good. And before the coronavirus came about, he was on, he was, he was preparing for a second term. And many people thought he'd get it. So I know you're now trying desperately hard to, to, to break this down, but the numbers were good. They, he improved the upon numbers. what Obama had left him. The numbers were great. He improved upon what Obama left him. And to be honest, Adam, he, he created a lot of jobs. Now, he cut oh, that's the corporation tax a lot, but that created a lot of jobs. It got the economy booming. You might not like it. It was at record lows, I think, under Trump for businesses. And I know we can both look at that and say, mm. but it created a lot of jobs and a lot of people were happy with how the economy was looking. Yeah, it was doing all right. Yeah, I can't deny that 2018... Adam loves Trump. <laughs> 2017 to 2018, back end of 2017, was pretty good. It was one of the best it had been since about 2014. Yeah. Oh, 2015, probably. Early 2014. However, he's still working off the back end of Obama's economy. Yeah. That's the that's argument. Like, he will not is... say that. He did make a few changes, a few radical changes. Yes. I, I talk about cutting... I can't deny he was doing growth. well with the economy. Yeah. I'm looking at some economic growth um, per yeah. quarter here. Mm-hmm. You know, from 2018, it was okay. Yes, there was a couple of dips and... 2019 but it was genuinely doing you know above average mm-hmm. and then the economy like and then then the pandemics hit and then it's gone into minus 33 percent in the third quarter of 2020 mm-hmm. which in financial terms means by september in 2020 yeah that the, the country was in tatters yeah. And lastly, Adam, uh, well, lastly, uh, on this on this issue, just before our funny news story to finish, or one or two, um, I want to, I mean, what did you think about his NATO handling? Because that, that, was, that was mixed, but at the same time, he did get other countries to pay in a lot more when America were, were, were going to get, were, were leaving. And you could argue that he was trying to stick up for America in that way, as a, you know, as opposed to being a bit of an idiot for the sake of being an idiot. And it's, also... It's so- Go yeah, on. sorry, go on. No, no go on. No, I said an also, uh, and I forgot what I was going to say, so go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say, to start with, yes, agreed that his business model, you know, his personal business method and model worked for getting some countries to pay up a bit more. And yes, I suppose in that regard, he could be perceived as champion of the American people. But my small issue with that is, he didn't know what NATO stood for when he became president. And that kind of doesn't sit well with me because, you know, it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, right? I knew that as an 18-year-old because, you know, I'd read about it. Now, he went into the office of the president of the United States. He was the 45th president of the United and he didn't know what the acronym, the quite famous acronym, NATO stood for. All right. Mm. So yeah. all, all his actions... Yeah, I think you got it right there, though, Adam. The, the one, one thing that I think was evident with Trump's uh, presidency was... His business background, I think, did help a little bit when he tried to navigate better deals for America. I I suppose, yeah, but yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. that was the other thing Adam. this is this is a mixed one what, what do you think of his stance on china fair when other leaders probably wouldn't tackle him as much or do you do you think did he really get anywhere with it no no it's like him and china was like his self-belief you've got to give it to him he is the everest of self-confidence yeah. I think that is pretty clear for anyone who mm. comes near him. Mm. And in that regard, he's an unstoppable object, right? And he's made that pretty darn clear. And China's the immovable force. A much larger immovable force. I know that's quite contradictory, but yeah. say he, maybe he's not an unstoppable object because he didn't, uh, he didn't win the election. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's certainly a high paced you know, he's got a lot of self-belief. And I gave yeah, him does. that. Yeah. You've really got to admire the man's love. He said if he, said if he didn't go himself. to become president, he'd have become a doctor because he, he had such, <laughs> he, had the, he had scientific knowledge beyond the average human being. Um, so, he's, he's, like you say, he's got immense... And also, right, Adam, yeah, he built half cool. a wall. He built half a wall. So across oh, the across does that the give him a does that give him a, no, does that give right. him a, a B-Tech in Brick Lane? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I know plenty of yeah. people who claim to be good at something when they're not, me included, when it comes to <laughs> I don't know writing yeah. in a straight line. I've got terrible yeah. hand right. I can't yeah. kick a ball in a straight line. No, you know, oh, I can. I think well, my problem with Trump is, and yeah. I, th- I think, sticking to the China topic, no, yeah. he didn't China, handle China very well. He didn't handle them very well at all because they're yeah. stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when it actually comes to him as a leader, give it up. You gave it a go. Yeah. didn't go to plan, put it to bed. You've got three billion left. Enjoy retirement, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've got a lot of debts to pay. If you get one, yeah. if you get one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's probably going to go down as the most controversial American president of, well, maybe ever. History. Maybe ever. Yeah. yeah. There's been no out of the forty-six presidents, yeah. including Biden, obviously. Um, no, no, no one's ever been impeached twice. I think there's been a handful that have been impeached once. Mm. But I think what is a main, just as a final part and point for me, is that yep. what a real indicator for of Trump's character and his self-belief has been he could have easily resigned. Yeah. Put Pence into power, Pence do the presidential pardons and pardon Trump. That's how Nixon got yeah. away with yeah. um, Watergate. And there is literally... No, that you know the 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 constitution doesn't cover the prosecution of a president. Mm. You know it doesn't go that far, and mm. there's certainly no constitutional amendments to cover a second impeachment trial or mm. you know com, um, trial and conviction of a former president. Mm. So you know you really should have called it. That's my that's my only frustration with Trump. His self belief yeah. was so. So ingrained. It's not your own. It's not your only frustration with Trump. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's many frustrations. Yeah. Going from sexual scandal to assault to fraud to racism to put you know the list goes on. Personal. The list does go on. As a personal point of view, but yeah, no, sure. I mean, one one final story to finish. Then this is this will wrap up the podcast. Instead of funny news story, I'm going with a bit of a happy one because this seems like a happy news story, Adam. 
Yeah, uh, we could we do need a bit of happiness. We need a happy we? news story to finish. Uh, I've got this from, from uh, this is from the, I think it's taken from Reddit. It's appeared in the Daily Mirror. And Rosaline Fenton has reported, it's in the weird news section. It says, I've not actually read this, but it's a nice headline. Kind stranger praised for war- heartwarming note he sent to woman who hit his car. A sweet message from a stranger has gone viral on Reddit after his recipient, a woman who had left a note after hitting his car, shared it on the social media platform. Uh, that j- just for just for the podcast listeners, that's quite a hefty collision between the two. Yeah, so it cars. looks like the back end of a Camaro being hit by the front end of a Volvo, I think. Uh, yes, uh, that the Volvo. Um, the Volvo, sorry, that's, yeah, the, that's, uh, famous, that's the brew dog talking. That's the, yeah, that's the brew dog talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, so here we go. A roundabout of kindness can tr- transform a rubbish day into something truly brilliant. Very true. And the next best thing after helping someone or being helped is, of course, hearing the, about the act of kindness. Blah, 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 blah. They've added a little bit of filler there. Well, blank, you get the Good Citizen Award. I'm sure my license plate will survive. If it doesn't make it, I can only believe it had a destiny to follow. But we all walk our own path. But I feel strongly we will get through this together. Thank you and have a lovely day. This is what um, this is what the, the person whose car got hit sent to the person who hit the car. So they must have each, must have exchanged numbers. And uh, Adam, you want to be the recipient? Oh yeah. So L O L. Lol. Awesome. Um, I'm more than willing to send you a new cover as well. Your license plate lived a good life. Have a good night. Enjoy the snow. Oh, that's nice. It's a nice one. It's a nice one. I mean, maybe they've had a few brew dogs, because I'll tell you what, that would be my reaction if if someone hit a car that I was driving, I'll tell you. But uh, no, it's nice, I think, on a a serious note. Um, Very difficult times at the moment. Maybe they both understand that. And everyone's struggling uh, mentally, Mental health, you know, re- spiraled at this point in the in the in the pandemic because again, light at the end of the tunnel, still quite a long way away. So I think in these times, that's a lovely little story, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah, yeah, what very a, much. So. What a very profound way to finish. Uh, we should yeah. be on Spotify, uh, Transistor, Apple, Google, and all good podcasting platforms. Tune in Which next week. A- uh, I think it'll be out if we if we stick to a schedule. I think this will be out about. Thursday next week as well. It go out Thursday this week, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you then. Take so we just want to yeah. go on, Adam. I was just going to say before you said your goodbyes. Heartfelt, um, just our hearts go out to everyone who's lost anyone during the pandemic at the moment. It is really rubbish times. I hope our podcast is ever at least some use to dissecting some of the people issues. Um, but like Johnny said. Um, we're always here on Spotify and all the other things. So uh, profound, sound. But, but a very nice, very nice message. So take care, everyone, and we'll be with us next week. Uh, keep following the uh, Pints of Politics UK journey.